Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The negative influences of heat stress and dairy cattle don't just last a cow's lifetime, but carry on into the next generation. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. A new study from the University of Florida found that calves born to heat-stressed cows had lower birth weights and lower organ weights, among other problems. The study's senior author is Jeffrey Dahl, who's also an animal sciences professor at University of Florida. He's on the line with me now. Jeffrey, the Sunshine State really is the ideal spot to do the study because you were able to expose the cows to that hot Florida summer. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we do our studies typically um, just just by turning off our, our fans and, and soakers that we use to provide cooling to the cows. Um, so we turn them off between May and October, and we can pretty much be assured that the cows without access to it, with just shade, are going to be heat stressed. I mean, how hot does it get? Here versus the Midwest, actually our high temperatures might not be as bad as you can get there in July, August, and even into September, at least in my experience. But what really hits us is the humidity because it'll be um, on a typical morning, you know, close to 99% humidity here. And so even when we have a temperature in the morning of 72 or 74, um, those cows are are still really heat stressed because they have a harder time getting rid of the extra heat um, when it's a very humid environment that they're in. These are Holstein cows. How many pregnant cows uh, were you guys looking at, and was it only during late pregnancy? Yeah, we've, and, you know, this is one of a number of studies that we've done over the last 12, 15 years here, Um, and typically we're going to have 20 cows in each of our treatments, the animals that are going to be cooled and the animals that are heat-stressed, and all of our work is done with applying that heat stress treatment just during the dry period. So cows are always cooled during lactation, whether they were heat stressed or cooled uh, when they were dry. Uh, And all of our cows are going to be almost, I would say, all of our cows are managed here uh, with access to cooling. How late in the pregnancy were you guys focusing? Uh, Last six to eight weeks of pregnancy. So tell me a little bit about the cooling measures that you guys implemented for the other cows. You know, you didn't have an AC running, right? Correct, correct. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good point, right? That's been tried, um, and certainly it works, but you'll go broke doing it. Our typical heat control measures here, or heat abatement measures, are going to consist of first, all our cows are in a freestall barn, so they're exposed to shade. So they've got shade, uh, but then we have... Um, soakers over the feed line that come on typically at five-minute intervals for a minute. Um, They're going to get the cows wet down to the skin uh, across their backs and across their top line, Uh, and we're going to have then fans over the free stalls. And so the cows will get wet, kind of go back, lay down. That air will move across them and and pull um, the the water and evaporate that off and and pull heat with it. Now let's talk about I guess the implications of, of calves born to heat-stressed cows, they had lower birth weights, lower organ weights. You also found higher rates of cell death in the intestine. What is happening to the mom during the heat stress that causes all this to happen to the calf? Is it more than that she's just not eating? Right. I mean, that that's a part of it. And there was a study that was done that looked at that, how much of this 
because um, we've done multiple studies looking at the cows and the effects on the cows, and they make less milk in that next lactation. Um, so usually we're going to look at a hit of about 10 pounds a day um, in that next lactation of the cows that were heat stressed when they were dry versus cooled when they were dry. And their intake does go down when they're heat stressed when they're dry, just like a lactating cow, um, but that doesn't explain nearly all of the effect that we're seeing. And so we've shown that there are impacts on mammary development during the dry period. Um, so those cows that are heat stressed have less capacity for milk yield in that next lactation. Um, and the other sort of one that would, would tie to two together is the effect on placental function. So that's going to influence the development of the calf, but then the placenta also produces hormones that are going to influence uh, mammary development in the cow as well. So we think that's where the two are sort of meeting um, and causing some of these impacts both on the cow and, and the calf. If the calf does grow up to be a cow, will its calf face a similar fate even if its mom is not heat stressed? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So the effects on the cows themselves that are heat stressed last for that next lactation, and then we think that if she's cooled in her next dry period, she'll be fine. The impacts, though, on the calf that's heat stressed in utero, it's going to experience sort of lifelong impacts. And that, that calf, two years later, whether she's cooled or not, makes less milk in her first lactation. She makes less milk in her second lactation. She makes less milk in her third lactation. And then she passes that on to her offspring, that lower yield potential. So there are definitely... You know, the term is fetal programming effects of in utero heat stress on those calves that are developing in a mom that's heat stressed during the dry period. And that's even if the calf reaches maturity because all of these issues, the low birth weight, low organ weight, and um, the cell death in the intestine, that could cause premature death. Is that right? Yeah, well, certainly we see other effects on immune function in those calves that come from heat stress dams, and we do see lower survival of those calves. And it's kind of all along the way. It's not like they are, are lost earlier. It's, you know, you just lose a higher percentage of them at each developmental stage from weaning through breeding through first lactation and beyond. So those, those calves just don't persist the same way that the ones from the cooled dams will throughout their life. Now, let's bring this into perspective for us here in Wisconsin, in America's Dairyland. We have a very short summer, but as you said, it can get very hot here, too. And we are seeing more and more of these record heat days. So is keeping our cows cool just a matter of making sure the cow has its calf before it gets too hot? Or is there more we should be doing to help keep our cattle cool? Well, I think that the uh, the bottom line is, yeah, cows should be cooled throughout their lactation cycle. Um, you know, we like to sort of split up, to me, the, it seems like we like to split up the lactation cycle. Uh, cows are lactating. We really need to pay attention to them. That's when they're making milk and making us money. Um, and during the dry period, well, they're not productive. What are they doing? Um, you know, we don't need to take care of them. But I think more and more we're finding, and not just with our work, but with other management impacts as well, that dry period is critically important to the cows being successful in that next lactation and hitting their peak performance. And so keeping them cool during the dry period is also important. And we need to look at measures to 
get rid of that heat or allow for heat abatement of those cows during the dry period as well as during lactation. Even though we tend to think, of, and I've spent a lot of time in the Midwest, um, you know, that, that we don't have long summers there, I think that sometimes we um, sort of think about summer um, as those periods when we do have very high temperatures and we think that it maybe only lasts a few weeks, but we always go from the uh, air-conditioned house to the air-conditioned truck to the uh, air-conditioned office at the farm, and those cows are uh, A, going to be heat stressed at a lower temperature than we are, and B, uh, don't have that same level perhaps of, of uh, cooling access uh, that we would have. And that's why it's important to remember that they can get heat stressed at lower temperatures, particularly with higher humidity. And so um, just because we may have in our mind that our summer doesn't last as long, it lasts a long time for those cows if they don't have access to, to uh, cooling, it can be a real problem. Jeff, when we think of dairy cows, we think of those black and white Holsteins, but dairy comes in other sizes and colors, too. People here in Wisconsin pride themselves on their Jersey or brown Swiss herds. Any indication that those different breeds would have a different uh, outcome? Well, there's certainly some indications that the the Jerseys and and even Swiss, to some extent, may be a little bit uh, better able to handle um, some level of heat stress, but part of that is particularly with the jerseys, obviously, they have a smaller body size to, to surface area. So they have more more room to get rid of heat effectively for, for every pound of uh, body that they have. Uh, but these effects are not sort of that, that minimal um, low-level effects. It's not as if jerseys are going to see um, dramatically different responses if they're heat-stressed profoundly during the, the dry period. So um, I, I think that the responses, although we haven't done those studies specifically, but the responses in other breeds would be the same. Again, that's the study's lead author and animal sciences professor Jeffrey Dahl at the University of Florida. Looking beyond what's happening in the cow and calf, Dahl says these findings correlate with the demands for animal welfare from consumers. And for the producer's bottom line, animal welfare practices such as cooling cattle boost production. This is good news for the farmer's pocketbook. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.